Welcome to your Jesuit parish in the heart of Hollywood. This is the Blessed Sacrament Hollywood Podcast, and here's today's homily. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Peter approached Jesus and asked him, Lord, if my brother sins against me, how often must I forgive? As many as seven times? Jesus answered, I say to you, not seven times, but 77 times. That is why the kingdom of heaven may be likened to a king who decided to settle accounts with his servants. When he began the accounting, a debtor was brought before him who owed him a huge amount. Since he had no way of paying it back, his master ordered him to be sold along with his wife, his children, and all his property in payment of the debt. At that, the servant fell down, did him homage, and said, Be patient with me, and I will pay you back in full. Moved with compassion, the master of that servant let him go and forgave him the loan. When that servant had left, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a much smaller amount. He seized him and started to choke him, demanding, Pay back what you owe. Falling to his knees, his fellow servant begged him, Be patient with me, and I will pay you back. But he refused. Instead, he had the fellow servant put in prison until he paid back the debt. Now, when his fellow servants saw what had happened, they were deeply disturbed and went to their master and reported the whole affair. His master summoned him and said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you your entire debt because you begged me to. Should you not have had pity on your fellow servant as I had pity on you? Then in anger, his master handed him over to the torturers until he should pay back the whole debt. So will my heavenly father do to you unless each of you forgives your brother from your heart. The Gospel of the Lord. Back in college, during one summer, I rode my bicycle from the Golden Gate Bridge in San Francisco to to the steps of the Capitol building in Washington, D.C. I did it with a bunch of other college friends, and we did it for a philanthropy, a, a charity called Push America, whose mission it was to raise funds and awareness for people with disabilities. And I wanted to, you know, I wanted to make a difference. I wanted to do something good. That was the official reason, at least, because secretly, I did it for my own ego. I did, it for, uh, I did it for my own glory to say that I did something kind of cool. Also, I wanted to put it on my resume because be, I'd be applying for jobs that next summer and I wanted something that would make me stand out for employers. So I did it. it took, we did it. It took 63 days going from Las, you know, San Francisco down to Las Vegas through Phoenix and Texas all the way across. 63 days on average about 80 miles a day. And at the end of each day, we would do what's called we're friendship visits. We would go to places, organizations that sponsored, that advocated, that supported people with disabilities, and we would, we would be there for them. Every day was intense. It was tiring. It was, um, it was full of uh, profound fulfillment, though, as well. You know, it's an experience, of course, that I'll, that I'll never forget because of the people I met, the friends that I made, and also because that important lesson that I learned on that journey. When I think about that summer, I think about these these ancient initiation rituals that ancient tribal peoples do. 
Father Richard Rohr, that great Franciscan author and priest, he often talks about these initiation rituals where teenagers, for the most part boys, are, are taken out into the wild. They're taken out into the wild, they're taken away from their homes, and they're left out into the wild to survive, right? The tundra or the jungle or something like that. And the whole idea is that by the time they come back, they're no longer boys, but they're men. They're no longer children, but they're adults. Through some process of maturation or some process of growth, they've changed. They're no longer these kids. Father Rohr talks about that in this initiation ritual, the hope is that four truths about life are taught to them. Number one, life is hard. Number two, you're not that important. Number three, you're not in control. And number four, you're gonna die. And I think it's important as children move into adulthood that they know these truths because for the most part as children, you're led to believe the exact opposite, right? Think about a baby. A baby is gonna think that life is easy. Everything is given to them. A baby is also gonna think that they're very important. As soon as a baby goes into a room, everybody kind of converges on that child. For the most part, a baby's gonna think that they're in control. All they have to do is scream or cry as you parents know, and parents will come running to serve them, to help them with their needs. And of course, no baby or child never really thinks about death unless they're you know, very precocious or advanced or something like that. So the whole initiation rituals, they're meant to address these four truths to teach an even deeper lesson. And it's that lesson I learned. I learned that same lesson when I did that bike trip. And it's a certain lesson that St. Paul talks about in today's second reading. When he says, none of us lives for oneself. None of us even dies for oneself. For if we live, we live for Christ. And if we die, we die for Christ. In other words, our lives are not about us. Our lives are not about ourselves. And of course, given how we treat children, and we should, they're going to think that their lives are all about them, right? Their wants, their needs, their desires, all of that, whatever is easiest for them, whatever is convenient for them, that's their answer. Their lives, they're going to think that their lives are all about them. But of course, our lives are not about us. That's that lesson that I learned on that bike trip. And as a Jesuit, it's, a, it's kind of how I try to live out my life, realizing, knowing that my life is not about me, but it's about God. It's about God's plan. And by extension, it's, it's to live for the other, because that's how Jesus lived out his life. And as followers of Jesus, that's how we ought to live also. One of the great tragedies of our modern culture, according to Father Rohr, is that we don't have any type of initiation ritual or effective ways of communicating this truth to younger generations and younger people. As such, they'll grow up, well, not really, they'll never fully mature, never fully mature. And of course, they'll continue to think that their lives are all about them. They'll continue to think that their lives are all about them. And even this current generation that is coming of age, Gen Z or iGen, there's actually this delayed, this delayment of the maturation process. I heard this term before, they, they don't want to adult, 
Adult is apparently a, uh, a verb now. They're delaying this adulting. They don't want to adult. And some of the psychologists, sociologists, they say that they don't want to adult because they want to stay in this permanent safe space away from ideas or even opinions that might offend them. And I got nothing against safe spaces. They have their time and place, of course. But as any adult knows, life, this world, it's anything but safe. If you want a permanent safe space, then you're, you're going to be permanently a child. And you're permanently going to think that your life is all about you. And if you think that your life is all about you, you're going to have a hard time with many, doing many things, like making a commitment or keeping a promise or, or forgiving. We see exactly that in today's gospel when we hear these two servants, they both say, be patient with me and I will pay you back. Right. We all know how that's going to work out. They're not going to pay back. They're going to flake out on their, on their commitments or their promises. We also hear that one of those servants refuses to forgive that other servant. Why? Well, similar to a child who thinks that their life is all about them, they're not going to forgive, they're not going to make good on a promise or a commitment unless it suits them, unless it suits their own needs, unless it's convenient for them. But as Catholics, right, as Catholics, we know that we must keep those commitments, those promises, and forgive because we live for the other, just as Jesus lived. So, the answer, part of it at least, is to get out of these safe spaces that we create, these comfort zones that we have, and to go off into the wild. That's what life is all about, right? To go out of our comfort zone, to get out into the wild, right? That's why, that's why Simba left the pride, right? Lion King. Well, that's why Frodo left that Shire in Lord of the Rings. And most recently, that's why Barbie left Barbie Land, right? Ultimately, we are called out, we are drawn out of these safe spaces of these comfort zones to encounter, to encounter God. And in that encounter, we'll realize that we have this huge dependence on God and on the others. We're drawn out of these comfort zones, right? So we must move out of those comfort zones. And that could be as easy as just doing something different each day. Or if you're up for it, it could mean getting on your bike and going over to Washington, D.C. from here. I recommend it. But at the same time, when you do come back from that journey, that adventure, whatever comfort zone you leave, you could discover or rediscover that truth that St. Paul talks about. And it's that truth about other people. And therefore, it's that truth about us, that our lives are not our own, but our lives are for the other, just like Jesus so we must get out of that safe space. And I am encouraged when I think about this celebration that we celebrate today, Our Lady of Peña Francia, thinking about Simon Vela. Who was Simon Vela? was 15th century nobleman who had it all. He had it all, very rich and wealthy, living in Paris. And he felt this calling. He was called to find this image of Our Lady of Peña Francia. So what did he do? He left everything and he went off on adventure and he found this image after many years. And this image has become a great symbol of hope for so many people. So we have Simon Vela to be, in a sense, an inspiration for all of us.
So as we think about our own calling, as we think about our own lives, let us take that step out, that step out of that comfort zone and into the wild to encounter God.